I am the doctor, this is my section. Earth is under my protection. Planet of birth is Gallifrey. I've got two hearts, your life is safe. Run into the master raw messy. Come on, Alonzo. Alonzo. I am a time lord. No, I'm not rich. Twelve bodies are men. Now it's time for a switch. Don't look like that. I'm in great health. You were expecting someone else. Regeneration. Oh, such fun. When I say run, run, run. What's up, my boy? Peace and sanity. Sorry, I must dash. Reverse the Polarity. Sometimes I'm north, but always a limey, wibbly, wobbly, timey, wimey. Jump in the TARDIS, go for a ride, it's bigger on the inside. Exploring all of time and space, oh, what's that? Exterminate. Cyberman or Daleks, maybe? Would you like a jelly baby? Time's ticking, we'd best go, a new adventure. Geronimo! I am fantastic, so are you best come with me, I'm Doctor Who. Welcome to a brand new episode of D4WH. I am your host, I'm Adam O'Sullivan, joined as always by my co-host, it's Nakia Schutt. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. I was waiting for some sort of reference to the episode. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. how you normally introduce me. What are you, just, you've gone slack. No, I realised as I started reading it that I'd forgotten to do that because <gasps> I wrote the synopsis uh, six hours ago. So, Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> right. You have gone slack. You don't love us anymore. <laughs> hey, when I remember to do it, then I, <laughs> I put in the content, baby. Hey, I'm just happy you turn up. Please welcome our guest. It's the host of the Stuff I Never Knew Game Show podcast. Woo-hoo. It's Jeff. Hey, Jeff. Hey, how's it going, everybody? I am Jeff. I've been that way all my life. Hey, thanks for joining us. <laughs> and a great podcast that uh, Jeff runs. We've been on it twice and it's yeah. so much fun. But I'm always nervous beforehand just in case he asks me, I don't know, uh, find X, some sort of equation, <laughs> you know, thank God it's just trivia. Is that how you teach your husband Dave about sex? You just say find X yeah, and you've find drawn X. an X somewhere go, on your body? No, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, sure, still sure. my thigh, still my thigh. But anyway, <laughs> did we tell you that this is um, explicit? Yeah, I was, I was going to say, do we want to leave a pause? So, Jeff, if you want to uh, inter- interject with anything about uh, Nakia's body, just go ahead, just <laughs> yeah. go, go for it. Now, this, this X location, I've never heard of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like every other man. Yeah. Uh, this is the first time we've had you on our podcast. Mm. What's your history with Doctor Who? I knew it existed. I know a couple people who really like it and have watched, I don't know how many episodes. It seems like there's 60 years of it, but a ton of episodes. And it seems like you're either all in or you've never even watched an episode. I think that's the, it seems that most people who have watched an episode go all in. Yeah, yeah I think so. And uh to those friends of yours, they must be fantastic people, and I'm sure I'd adore them. <laughs> you, you probably would. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it is that sort of show. You either love it or you hate it or actually you have a third option. You're like, eh, I don't know. I don't know. It's not for well, me. Well, I can't wait to see uh, how how which which way you're leaning towards, Jeff. By the end of this episode, we, we shall see. We shall see. So you knew it existed, but you had never watched an episode until you did for this podcast. Correct. And if you want to talk about wow, strange, you know, strange things in the universe that come back to you, mm-hmm. I, I do have a, a weird story about Doctor Who, and just by coincidence, it exactly references the episode you assigned. Uh, f- for me to, to for my first episode. 
Oh, wow. that's awesome. Jeff, it must be fate that we gave you this episode. We we, we got you to watch this episode. What's what's the story? Tell yeah, us. Yeah, tell us. It must be. In in uh, in the office where I work at, we have a cardboard cutout of our spokesperson. It's a life-size, six-foot-tall cardboard cutout. And we've become masters of hiding it around a corner or looking through a door <laughs> or on the elevator so that when it, it we can scare anybody with this six-foot life-size cardboard cutout of our spokesperson and which is a great you know you really want to have a spokesperson that scares people yes yeah i think i think you do who's your spokesperson dracula <laughs> uh, it's actually david Faraday from the the golf channel he's a, a golf oh, yeah. announcer <laughs> so anyway i mean we've gotten this has been an insane thing we've done for like four years where you just everybody's on their toes all the time you're you're going to be scared at some <laughs> point point. and so the gentleman who i work with loves Doctor Who and has watched a ton of episodes and he says this whole thing is becoming like this episode of Doctor Who you have to see the ending scene here because it, cause it, maybe if we can get the cardboard cut up because we have another cardboard cut up they can look at each other maybe they'll freeze and it'll stop the whole thing and so out of all the Doctor Who episodes yeah. the only reference wow. I have is this episode that you that we're going to talk about coming up here <laughs> that's incredible that's amazing so now, you, now next time you see him you'll be like oh my god you can't believe what these Aussies made me do they made me watch this damn episode you keep talking about i want to know who as a spokesperson is happy to have a life-size <laughs> cardboard cutout i would be unhappy because i'd be worried what people would do with it when i was hide looking. you around the office and mm. scare people with and you. other things yeah. yeah i don't think he knows about it so that's <laughs> He does well, now. I, I literally just want to get a six-foot cardboard cut out in Ikea just for this, that exact reason now. <laughs> I'll tell you, it's the best investment you'll make. It, nothing. <laughs> you'll get her in kind of like a, like a wrestling pose, like about to like lunge and put you in a chokehold. <laughs> that would be perfect. <laughs> I would rather have a cart life-size cardboard cutout of a weeping angel. <laughs> because that would scare the shit out of Dave every time he walked out the house. I would want to get every two of them, one of you just looking normal and mm. then the second one of you going, rah! <laughs> oh, God. Oh, still made me jump. I've watched this episode a million times and it still made me jump. Oh, let's okay. So our episode today is Blink Series 3, Episode 10, written by Stephen Moffat and directed by Hedy McDonald. Originally aired on the BBC Saturday, June 9th, 2007. We start as we always do with a short synopsis. Sally Sparrow gets a message from the Doctor who is stuck in 1969. Turns out the Weeping Angels are here in London and have the TARDIS. The Doctor needs Sally Sparrow's help to get back his TARDIS due to some wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. Is this that's the first time we've heard that? Yes, that phrase yes. it is, isn't it? Yeah, and you'll you'll be you'll, you'll be uh, glad to know, Jeff, that you can say wibbly wobbly, timey wimey to any Whovian, and, and they will like. understand what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. It's very scientific. <laughs> it becomes a catchphrase, and look. Nobody's ever accused Doctor Who of being overly scientific, okay? Yeah. Do <laughs> Doctor Who is not hard sci-fi. One, one of the reasons why I think it's so easy for people to love Doctor Who is that they just make it up and they just go, oh, it's alien, don't worry about it. Like they don't worry too much about... It's kind of sci-fi fantasy, yeah. I think. It's, sure. it's Yeah, it's fun. The same wibbly-wobbly is actually my nickname with my shirt off too, so... <laughs> <laughs> Look at me, I'm wibbly wobbly, tiny yeah. wimey. And it, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> on a dark and stormy night, Sally Sparrow investigates the derelict and very creepy Wester Drumlin's house. 
I thought she was saying West of Drumlands. So did I. But it turns out West of Drumlands is the name of the house. Ah, well, that's a stupid name for a house. Yeah, yeah. Who came it up sounded with like West, West of Drumlands. Drumlands. And I was like, how do people know what she's talking about? Drumlands could be anything. the Duke of Drumlands and, I don't know, one of his – I mean, they had some stupid names. He was probably Sir West of Drumlin. I don't know. Yeah, who knows. Bloody uh, English, you can't. Can't trust him with names. <laughs> Sally is apparently investigating the house because she likes old things and not because there's been multiple disappearances connected to the house. Does she know that? I don't think she knows that. There's been so many, like when we see the, the amount of cars that are in the police station, like surely the police would have, uh, the, the newspapers would have reported on this sort of thing. Well, maybe she doesn't read the newspaper. I don't know. I don't know. They, maybe they hushed it up. But the police officer is like totally fine to take her down and is like, come on, check it out, check it out. Well, that's because he, he really likes it. And he's a bit hot. <laughs> I was a bit hot for him. I think that this is Stephen Moffat at his absolute best. Yeah, yeah. Best writing. This this writer, uh, Jeff, actually then went on a few years later after writing this to take over the show and he basically ran the, the show, show for, for five or six years or something. Mm. So I love him and Adam doesn't, but I think he's a, a great writer. But the acting and the writing and the direction and – the the lighting and it just everything the rain I love the rain every time yeah. I watch it it just sets the mood I just it's classic David said to me as we're watching it again this morning he said this could be a movie length Doctor Who episode yeah. yeah it's you know there's so much you could build into it anywho yeah the story the story was great on this one I I I really enjoyed I've I did watch it twice just so I was ready for this but I but I would have watched it twice uh, regardless yeah and maybe this should be the only one you ever watch because it can sometimes <laughs> let you right down and then it can give you a gem so but, but also- that's it that's I've I've peaked I've, I've mm, reached peak yes. Doctor Who mm. <laughs> Yep, now you can retire gracefully. <laughs> and, and interesting, you've you've the you've the one episode of Doctor Who you've watched has the Doctor in it for like maybe two minutes. You know, <laughs> it's very little. Yeah, yeah. Although, isn't Sally Sparrow, um, Carrie Mulligan, isn't mm. she wonderful? Oh, fantastic! She's such a great actress, and she's gone on to you know be in movies and bigger yeah. and better things. They'll never get her back, but she's so amazing. Mm. Good character. Yeah, they call her the best companion that never was. Mm. Also, there doesn't seem to be any indication that the police have combed over the place like you would presume if people have gone missing. There's no police tape. There's no, Nothing's been moved. No, and it seems to be over years and years. But they said over the last two years. Ah, I don't know. I was too busy looking at Billy. <laughs> okay, radio. <laughs> oh, Billy, are you speaking? <laughs> yeah, so it, it, that was weird. They just find all these cars like, yeah, we know where it's happening, uh, but no police have ever gone missing investigating this. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true, yeah. Well, they're busy, busy with other yeah. things. I don't know. They're like, where are all these people? <laughs> yeah, and they left their car running. I mean, did the angel run at them? I, I yeah. always think, how did you leave your car running and, and yeah. get, get caught? Maybe they got the key and they were like, maybe this is the TARDIS. Like, yeah. no, just a normal car again. <laughs> damn it. Uh, God damn this bloody century. <laughs> Sally uses a tiny flashlight to light the pictures that she's taking because everyone knows that a crappy flashlight is way better lighting than the actual flash on her camera. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And Sally knows what she's doing, so you shut your face. <laughs> She needed a flashlight. A $5 flashlight is better lighting than, yeah. I use that in my photography studio all the time. <laughs> Here, hold this flashlight. 
Uh, Sally sees some letters on the wall under the wallpaper and pulls back to find a message. Beware the weeping angel Sally Sparrow. The message also tells her to duck just as a rock is thrown through the window. Why would a weeping angel throw a rock through the window? I don't know. And if that is successful, why not throw rocks at everybody, <laughs> knock them out, and then you're right. But she may, she might end up dead and be like, oh, and has no potential energy to take now, is there? Yeah, you threw it too hard, Gladys. I've told you before. Just a light lob. <laughs> <laughs> Go underarm. Yeah, for beings that exist in a quantum space, mm. it, rock seemed like a not the best weapon if you could just exist or not exist in reality. It was just weird. Like, okay, but throw a rock. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, I had a go at it. It's a wily e. Coyote thing. That's I had right. a go at it once. Didn't work. They just threw it out. Throw it, it out. It does beat scissors, so there is that. Well, that's true. That's true. Yeah. And throwing paper at people is just silly, really, isn't it? <laughs> so she had wallpaper. Yeah. So there you go. So, Jeff, the beginning, okay. when you saw her peeling the wallpaper off and realised it was her before the music came in, what did you think? Uh, I, well, that opening scene is great. I love the way that the whole thing was shot while she, yeah. you know, hopping the fence. Uh, I think it was raining at the time, too. At least it was dark, and she was walking towards the house, and then... You know, you're getting these little clues, and I don't, I don't know too much at, at this point. But you start to, you know, you get a little, a little bit of a clue. A little, now that you get the name, you get the duck. You're like, whoa, how's all this happening? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, it was like, what's going on here? Because I'm interested because I've seen it so many times. Mm. I can think back to what I was thinking, but it's good that you've never seen it, so I can sort of say, well, what were you <laughs> we thinking? Can live vicariously through you now. Because I, re- <laughs> I remember going, what? Yeah, cool. <laughs> And then the theme music came, and then Dave and I bobbed and danced yes. on the couch to the theme music together. I think this episode is one of the best examples of them using time travel as a plot device. Mm. Normally they do the time travel, they get to the place, and then they just stay in the place. It's, it's, it's rare for them to use time travel within an episode, and I think this is probably the best use of time travel, and I, I love that. Like, to, for me, Back to the Future 2 is, uh, is my favourite one of the Back to the Future movies, even though I know it's not the best Back to the Future movie. No, first one's better. First one's way, first one's way better mm. in terms of scripting and everything. But I love Back to the Future too because there's more time travel in it. Well, they, that's true. They and jump around a lot. There's so. different characters in this one traveling in different times, yes. and you think to yourself, "He's stuck. Mm. How does he get back?" Yeah. How do you get back if you get stuck in a time if you don't have the TARDIS? I told you, I always hate episodes where he can't get to the TARDIS. They stress me out. I think yeah. he's never going to get a home. <laughs> Not that he has a home. Yeah, the, in the next scene, uh, you, know, you mentioned Back to the Future. I, there's almost a line for line, Back to the Future line. Where, where's that? Whenever the letter carrier arrives. Oh, oh yes. yes. When she takes her friend back. Yeah. He does say, we were betting at the office if you would actually be here. And that was I was like, that's from Back to the Future. Yeah, it <laughs> that is. That must be too. why. Because I, I thought he was from a, a law firm or something. And and you're right. It, that's from Back to the Future. The lawyer turns up and is mm. like, we've had this letter in our thing for years and years. And I, I, I realize now that that's why I got those mixed up. I forgot that it was it, it was her grandson. Yeah. Because they do the similar thing in Back to the Future where he has the letter that's been sitting around, you know, that sort of thing. So, And wow. quite frankly, if that was my grandson, I would be very disappointed because he was missing his top lip. It was not there. I don't know where he left it, but he needed one desperately. And all I could do was concentrate on the fact that this guy had no top lip. Frustrated me. 
Also, this letter that he's had for 20 years, his grandmother gave to him and was like, this is super secret, you must do exactly what I say. Hmm. And he just hands it over and he's like, well, I'm done, I'm going to leave. Yeah. I would like be reading this letter going, what the fuck's in this letter, man? I think I'd be hanging around going, Hang on, just read the letter. Look, you can have a tanty later, just read the bloody letter to me. And she's quite mean to him, yeah. isn't she, yeah. I thought. Had you heard the Doctor Who theme music before, Jeff? I think so, but I don't think so. I, it sounded familiar and I remember thinking how how that opening sequence looks so dated. Like even only fourteen years old. Yeah. I even though I didn't know if that was intentional to kind of have that eighties nineties look to it, or if it was just something. It was just something that was that was two thousand seven. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just dated. I mean, it's got a DVD shop. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> The Doctor Who has also always kind of been a little bit at the cutting edge of of well at least sort somewhat uh, CGI. They they were putting in CGI, you know, maybe just when it was is becoming more mainstream. So yeah, and some of their CGI is better than other bits. Yeah, I mean, you you should check out the CGI that they were doing in the eighties. Uh, you know. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> But you've got to remember Doctor Who has no budget, doesn't have yeah. like a Star Trek budget or anything like that. Sock puppets. Like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the BBC yeah. are pretty scabby with the money. <laughs> Whereas some episodes they wanted to have a, a, a character called K-9 who's a robot dog, but they couldn't put him in more episodes because the puppet kept breaking. And they were like, we just won't deal with it this episode. Yeah, and he couldn't go over rocks and, you know. <laughs> Right him out. Hmm. Sally goes around to the flat of her best friend Kathy Nightingale at one a.m. in the morning. Presumably, she has a key, and Kathy hasn't left the front door unlocked. I'd say she's got a key. They're besties. <laughs> Do you have Beck's key to Beck's house? No, no, but I don't think a husband would like me to be just turning up at any time, going run, rocker, roll what, Even if you came out in. of the bathroom naked, yeah. <laughs> I do love that scene with the brother. And she's so cool and collected about it. We hear the toilet flush and Larry emerges from the bathroom fully naked as you do. Is it more likely that that Larry has been watching the TVs in the front room completely naked or that he sleeps naked and has gotten up to use the bathroom? I think he sleeps naked and has gotten up to use the bathroom. So he leaves those TVs on all night? Maybe. That's such a waste of power. Oh, well, we didn't care about the planet in 2007. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we don't now either, but we didn't know we should care in 2007. (laughs) Sure. Yeah, the the heat that those TVs, 15 TVs must have generated. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No wonder he was naked. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Electricity bill must be through the roof. (laughs) He's in a small room with 15 heat-producing televisions. (laughs) I got to take this clothes off. Yeah, yeah. I think if he's naked watching DVDs, I don't even want to go there. That is not a Doctor Who (laughs) sort of same 17 DVDs. Yeah, that's not a Doctor Who thing. (laughs) What what sort of DVDs do we think that Sally Sparrow has? Yeah, I was was thinking about that. I don't know. She would have documentaries. Titanic has to be on it. She's a Titanic girl. With Jack and Rose. There would be sad ones because... Um, oh, yeah, she said she likes being she sad. Yeah, sad. So ta- definitely Titanic then, yep. Oh, that's, a, that's a maximum death count in that movie. <laughs> 
tears. I know, I know. Lots of crying in that. Mm. What else do you cry a lot in? Uh, uh, so basically a bunch of romance movies. Love Actually. No, you don't really. I remember when I was a, a teenager seeing The Way We Were with Barbara Streisand and yeah. Robert Redford and I've never cried so much in that movie as I did. I went to bed because I was at boarding school. I went to bed and sobbed for about half an hour. <laughs> I hate sad movies. Uh, I don't know. I don't watch sad movies so I can't think of any. But she'd sure. have docos. Oh, you think she'd have do- documentaries? As well. Sure. Yeah. What, what sort of what sort of movies do you like, uh, Jeff? Um, mostly comedies. I do like. I watch a ton of time travel. <laughs> I, I love like Groundhog Day movies. Oh, I went on a yes. binge during pandemic where I, I googled every possible Groundhog Day movie. Yeah. With with the same same storyline, you keep repeating the day. There's a ton of movies that have the same you know the, the same storyline as Groundhog Day, and that's like one of my favorite things to watch. <laughs> Time loops. I think Groundhog Day <laughs> is such a good movie, and I love Bill Murray. And at Christmas, I always watch uh, his uh, Bill Murray's Christmas Carol. Oh yes, special because he makes me laugh. I like him. Know? Jeff, have, is t- talking about Groundhog Day movies, have you seen the one that has Andy Samberg in it? Oh, it's Palm Springs. Palm Springs one of my f- That's a great one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's another great one. So good. Yeah, I really enjoy it. Yeah. Oh, I haven't heard of that. Yeah, yeah. It's on Amazon Prime, I think, here. Yeah. All right, Palm Springs. Yeah, it's really, really good. All right. Yeah, it's, the, uh, it it's Andy Samberg, and I probably, it's the mom who was the mom of How I Met Your Mother. Oh. That's who plays. I, she's only in a couple episodes towards the end of the, se- the series, uh, but she's the girlfriend, or, well, in the movie, the love interest of the movie, I should say. Yeah, she's also in another series called Made for Love, which is like a. I thought it was gonna. I thought it was a movie, but it's oh. a. It's a. It's a series. I started watching that. Yeah, I haven't watched yeah. any since, but it was quite good. Yes. Yeah, it's it's not not bad. Ray Romano and his. Uh, yeah, father. yeah. I was surprised that Ray Romano <laughs> and was his in girlfriend is <laughs> a doll. <laughs> But it's it's one of those movies. It's it's one of those series where, like, literally in this episode, why does no one go to the police? Yeah. Mm. It's like in that in that one they try to be like, well, he controls everything, and it's like, yeah, but you know, there anyway. Uh, anyway, this isn't that- a made for love podcast. <laughs> this is a Doctor Who podcast. That is. One of my – what I love about this is that there's no small roles. Yeah. The guy who plays the DVD shop guy <laughs> is exactly what they used to look like when you went into yeah. the DVD shop. And he's he doesn't have much to say, but by God, he just jumps out of the television at you. And I just thought – well cast and you know, well acted, well written. I love that character. He really nailed that 2007 customer service too. He was, he was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I think when I when I watch it, I thought in my head of like, oh, that's what I would look like if I owned a DVD <laughs> store. <laughs> but he's the sort of guy who would, uh, who's pernickety. Yeah. You know those guys? They would argue with you over something ridiculous, like. Uh, which which King Henry had the you know Archbishop of Canterbury killed, and they'd go, oh, it's this one, and you'd say, and they'd be they know those little, you know, oh, yeah. I hate people like that, and and, and you know that at, at some point this this guy would start a podcast, mm. <laughs> yeah, so he could tell everyone why their podcasts are wrong. Can't stand them. I wonder what they do now that the DVD stores are closed. Oh, I suppose they're just trolling on Twitter, yeah. are they? The yeah. Old DVD guys. <laughs> it's all streaming now. Mm. Also, why would you just stand there naked in front of someone you've never met? My first reaction would be to yell, fuck, and run to my room. Yeah, but I think it shows that uh, Larry's just a, a little, not slow, but... I don't know. Sweet, not <laughs> doesn't understand women. Uh, sure, I don't know. I love his yeah. character. I wouldn't. I you know, like I I live with my mum, and I'm not going to walk around the house naked. That's for sure. No, no. I did actually uh, walk into the kitchen one night, and my 
brother-in-law, ex-brother-in-law, was naked getting a drink of water. It was like, I don't know, one o'clock in the morning. Sure. And he's kind of hugging the sink and I'm going, I didn't see anything, I didn't see anything. (laughs) I went to bed and the next day neither of us could look at each other and that afternoon they brought out old snapshots and they said, oh, here's all the kids, you know, when they were little and they're all uh, skinny dipping in the in the dam. Yeah. And I said, oh, give me a look. I'll be able to pick uh, my brother-in-law out. And he said, shut up. <laughs> but it broke the tension. Sure. Awful moment. <laughs> Awful moment. Jeff, have you seen any of your family? No. <laughs> anyway. No. You never want to walk in on no. someone. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I wanted to say it like it was depressing, but it- I'm actually now that I'm kind of glad about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sally takes Kathy to investigate Wester Drumlins as the IT, ITV detective duo Sparrow and Nightingale. I think that was a great reference, a cute reference to yeah. Rosemary and Tyne and all the others. That I hope they, I hope they don't think that those t- those TV shows are based on actual people. <laughs> no. <laughs> You you have more knowledge about those than I do. I, I haven't watched. Yeah, many there's, of those. there's just I could only think of the Rosemary and, and Tyne one. Sure, sure. But yeah, they have them where they kind of go together, and one's first name's Rosemary, and the other yeah. one's last name's Tyne. So Nightingale. It just an, it's just a nice little, really more for the English audience. Yeah, yeah. But still, I thought it was a cute little reference. They see the weeping angel, and Sally realised that it's moved. The doorbell rings, and Sally goes to answer the door, leaving Kathy to stay upstairs in case something happens. Why does she do that? I don't know. Just I come know. out, Kathy. <laughs> now you know it's the lipless wonder. Come out. But if she had have gone downstairs, then so basically, the only reason she gets attacked by the Weeping Angel is because her grandson turned up at the house yeah. on the day that she so she basically caused herself to get kidnapped. So if she'd walked out, would he have like poof disappeared? Maybe. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I don't I don't think we're high enough to start talking about like, <laughs> hey man, like if he if he had a walked out, would you like disappeared? Oh my god. Oh like I'm tripping. <laughs> Uh, at the door is a young man holding a letter, which he was asked to deliver to this address at the exact time. Presumably, this young man in a suit also jumped over the fence like Sally and Kathy did. That's right. Yeah, I s- suppose yeah, so. Cause, yeah, he doesn't have a key. No. Well, maybe he did. I mean, just because you got a suit on doesn't mean <laughs> okay, you can't climb right, the fine. fence. <laughs> I guess. Maybe his grand his grandmother was like, now make sure you look nice. You're going to have to jump over a fence. <laughs> but look pretty. We don't want anyone to notice you've got no bloody top lip, okay? Well, maybe Kathy in the past purchased the house and then he did have the key and it was just wa- waltzing right in. Because oh. she knew. What was the name of the house again? The old, it was the old something. Wester Drumlins. Wester. Wester Drumlins, yeah. No relation to anything of Kathy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, and what? Why did she get sent to Hull? Yeah, I don't know. That's like a thousand kilometers away from mm. from London. So I don't know why she got sent to Hull. Stop got- saying Hull. She's pretty lucky the first guy she met yeah. fancied her. That's it. Got one. <laughs> yep, yeah, could have been bad. Well, they did, They never said he was single. So maybe he was married with three kids and she's like, but we just fell in love and I stole <laughs> yeah, him. Yeah, just threw her over. Time traveling home wrecker sounds like a great series. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, yes. You can't take Quantum Leap. You know, you're like, oh, you show up in these new scenarios, you have an affair, and then you get out, you got you Quantum Leap to the next. (laughs) (laughs) Do you watch Community, Jeff? I do not, no. Uh, I I don't either, but I I know that there's a a Doctor Who parody on that show. Oh, yes, that's the... Doctor Inspector Space Time, Inspector and basically Space that it is a home wrecker where it's like they made it, it's a it's it's a parody of Doctor Who, and then they made an American version which was played by um oh yeah uh, the guy from Nine Hundred Two and O um Dylan Luke Luke Perry yeah Luke Perry that's he died. right yeah. And he's like, uh, he's like, I, I, we're in 1960s uh, San Francisco and I have to have sex with the hottest woman in the city who's also my grandmother. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, they've, they've basically done that show. But, yeah, mm. uh, time-travelling homewrecker would be amazing. <laughs> that would be. And I think you should pick, you should pick high, high society couples or well-known couples of history and yeah. just get in there and, you know, get, you know, get Cleopatra dumped by <laughs> Caesar. I don't know who I've got to fuck, but I'll fuck them. <laughs> and I'll fuck them all. <laughs> okay, now, maybe it's more of a porn okay. movie. I don't, it's I don't more know. of a porn movie, really. Mm-hmm. You get onto that, I won't be in it. <laughs> uh, when Sally goes looking for Kathy upstairs, she sees multiple weeping angels in the house. One of them carrying a key on a string. Initially, it looks like the string is wrapped around the angel's hand, but when Sally pulls on it, it comes away freely. Yes, and this is what's wrong with the angels. They don't have any pockets. <laughs> if they had pockets, they would have been able to keep their bloody key. Do the, well, the pockets would turn to stone when they get seen as well. Oh, they you'd, would. You'd literally be going to put something in your pockets. You'd be like, damn it, it's stone, stone. <laughs> if, they, if they're quantum beings and they only exist when you look at them, they turn to stone. That means they. How do they carry the key? Like, uh, how did they? How did they have the key? <laughs> like, where did the? How did the key materialize when they materialize in the stone? Mm. Yeah, it's it's all very like. And why not put it behind your back? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just hide you know, it. Hide it. <laughs> put it. Put it in a safe place. Not you real know. clever, are they? <laughs> yeah. Here's the one thing you need to solve this mystery. Oh, I'm frozen <laughs> in stone now. Yeah. <laughs> Just take it. <laughs> I love the fact that they're actors in in that in costume because I think they are incredible. Wow, they the turned angels. four actors to stone just for this episode. Yeah, wow. I know. I mean, I thought, well, I mean, Medusa wasn't doing anything with COVID, so they went here, you know, bring her in, turn them to stone. <laughs> Kathy seems to take being sent back to 1920 in her stride, saying she's always wanted a change. Yeah, I don't know. I think there would have been a few tears and tanties for the first week. I yeah. think I would have had a couple. I would have said, wait, do you have penicillin yet? What's yeah. going on yeah, here? True. Yeah, true. Thanks for the polio. (laughs) (laughs) Also, she didn't tell her nephew to invest in Apple. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. What a bitch. Kathy now lives in a world without email and the internet, without credit cards, post-it notes, Lego, or even modern trampolines. And she would have no cash on her. No. Because I don't, I don't, well, it wouldn't matter anyway because my cash would would look very (laughs) fake. (laughs) But, you know, it would be... You'd have nothing, and you've got a pair of jeans and a leather jacket on. It seems, you know, they'd probably burn you for being a witch because you didn't have a dress on. I just, I mean, actually, <laughs> considering I'm in debt, I, it sounds pretty good to me. So mm, yeah, yeah, mm. let's uh, okay. just take me away to Hull. That's mm. fine. Like that's the best way to get get away from your creditors. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a bit drastic. However, I can see <laughs> it would work. Hmm. As you die of uh, starvation in a ditch. 
you would yeah. think at least I didn't have to pay back that money. She's lucky she lived to 80 mm. rather than just dying from polio or smallpox <laughs> or something. Mm. Mm. Or the measles. Because she wouldn't. She wouldn't be vaccinated against it. No, she wouldn't either. Because it, we don't have it now. No. <laughs> anyway, this is the sort of crazy stuff that we think about. We love the episode, but also we will just talk about, about random stuff like this. <laughs> well, that's interesting because I think when I was in high school and primary school, we got inoculated for like TB and mm. polio and smallpox, smallpox <laughs> and stuff like that. So... Bring it on. I'm going back. <laughs> okay, well, there you go. And all i got to know is get a mouldy orange and it's close to penicillin. I'll go with it. <laughs> Just eating mouldy oranges. Yeah. Like, it's great. How did Nakia die? She ate a bunch of mouldy oranges and fucking carked it. <laughs> she was going to die anyway of fever. <laughs> also, we have no records of her whatsoever. <laughs> future lady with her mouldy oranges. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. no, no, they're good for you, people. Later, I love that's that's going to be the bad guy of uh, of uh, time traveling home wrecker is mm. Nakia eating moldy peaches. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you want to wreck this home, do you? <laughs> God, no, no, stay away from me. Eat a moldy orange. <laughs> it is great. Like, uh, you have so much information about the future, but you you get some things wrong, like in medicine and and, and yeah. you know how things work, yeah. and you think, oh, I'll just be healthy by eating moldy oranges. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know, and you wouldn't, you wouldn't know, and then your sensibilities would be so different mm. that you know, say it was, uh, I don't know, Regency Jane Austen times. Yeah. If as a girl, if I just walked over to you and went, oh, you know, hi Jeff, how are you? They go, my God, scandalous bitch. <laughs> You know, and then I'd be known as a light skirt and chucked out of society and just because I said hello. Well, yeah, the only, only reason she survived is because Ben defended her every time someone went, she's a witch, she's a witch. <laughs> no, she's not. No, she's hot. It's okay. Yeah. Oh, okay, don't worry about it. <laughs> She'd hot me back. Kathy asks Sally to tell her brother Larry that she's gone. Sally goes to the DVD store where Larry works and tells him that Kathy has gone on a work trip. Now, we know that Larry will find out about the Weeping Angels later and know the truth about Kathy eventually, but at the moment it just sounds like Sally is acting super suspicious, especially after the police come around looking for Kathy when she stops going to work. Yes, and I love the way she says, and she loves you, and he goes, is she sick? Yeah. Am I sick? <laughs> but if he, if Larry never found out about the angels, the mm. police would come around and be like, hey, have you seen your sister? No, but my her friend said that she's gone on a trip. Uh that sounds super suspicious <laughs> considering no one's heard from her my, in months. My, my friend said she got up early in the morning and went for a run. Yes. Uh, and she yeah, doesn't yeah. know what happened after that. I mean, yeah, I was with her, but I mean like yeah. Yeah. well, she went on a vacation. But no, yeah, I mean, yeah, I was with her. Yeah. <laughs> like there's just no yeah. way out of it. Like Yeah. Basically that's screwed. That's what you hear in those like um docuseries where they're like people were murdered and the first excuse is always like, Oh yeah, she went on a trip and the second one was like, Oh yeah, I saw her, but when I left she was real depressed. <laughs> I would say, I don't know, suicidal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, they always the husbands always say, Ah, oh, she got up early and went for a run. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know what happened after that. <laughs> she ever gone for a run before? Oh, uh, no. Uh, yes. <laughs> On purpose? <laughs> yes. And uh, why is there a big chunk of your hair missing? Oh, who knows? <laughs> I also went for a run. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fell in a bush. Well, if you'll excuse me, I need to go for a run right now. Yeah. Are you taking a suitcase with you? Goodbye. <laughs> 
Uh, Sally asks about the video Larry keeps watching. It's an Easter egg on a list of 17 DVDs, which sounds like one side of a conversation. When Larry is called to serve a customer, Sally has part of a conversation with the doctor. Freaked out, she leaves the store with a copy of the 17 DVDs. Unsure what to do, she is given inspiration by Larry's co-worker, who yells at the movie he's watching, Why does nobody ever go to the police? Go to the police! Why does nobody ever go to the police? <laughs> and it's like it's like watching a horror movie, being like, Don't go out the front door! Oh, yeah, don't run upstairs. Or don't run upstairs, sorry, yeah. Go out yeah. the front door, run, go get the police. Yeah. Oh, there's a noise, and the lights aren't working. Why are you going in there? Let's split up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's have sex over here. We are so dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're all terrified, so let's have sex. I um have you like I have I ever had sex? No. Have you no, ever I don't had know what you're talking about. Right. Oh, well, one day. Okay, well, I have to be terrified someday. Oh. When mummies and daddies love each other. When um, mummies and daddies are scared shitless. <laughs> uh Easter eggs. On DVDs. Mm. Now, I know what they are, but I've never actually gone looking for one. Have either of you? Uh, yes, uh, but I have to be told about them. I never have ever found one. Yeah, yeah. I've always been told, like, hey, you know, if you do this. Uh, but I have I grew up skateboarding for 20 years, and a big oh, cool. thing in 90s skateboard videos was hiding stuff after the credits. I did not know that. Yeah, and, and it really, I mean, uh, so many skateboard videos have stuff hidden after the credits, and that was like a thing I was so familiar with, and it really hasn't become a thing in movies until like the last ten, maybe fifteen years max. Uh, you know, outside of Ferris Bueller and you know, getting out of the shower while you're still here. Yeah. So the not so much an Easter egg, but those after the credits uh, things. I I watch every movie to the end of the credits just so because I, I know yeah. there's going to be something in there. It drives my family crazy. Like, why are we watching <laughs> this? <laughs> I'm like, there's going to be something. I'm like you. I don't leave the cinema early if I go. I have to wait till the very end. And then if there's not something after the credits, then I'm cranky at the people who yeah. put the movie in. I look it up on the internet, and if the internet says there's something after the credits, we are staying to the end of the credits. Mm. I went and saw it in the Heights the other day, and uh, every like literally everybody in the theatre left except for two people in front of us, and we were like, oh, I don't know, should we see if there's something after the credits? And they turned around and were like, there's something after the credits. And I was like, okay, well, let me just check online. And I was like, yeah, there's something after the credits. We better stay. Yeah, well, you don't, I mean, you've paid decent money. Yeah, I yeah. want to see the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. You know, but I don't want to see the credits if at the end it just goes, by Panavision. Goodbye. Yes. And I'm like, What? But that when the credits start, they should say, there'll be something after, after the, credits. the credits. Keep watching. <laughs> oh, I always love those. So in the skating videos, they used to just have uh, Nick Fury come out and go, we want you to join the Avengers Initiative. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah, I'm, I'm a lot of skateboarders... Uh, depth perception is that important for skateboarders, so they usually wear eye patches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it would get so ridiculous that they would just... That sometimes they would open a video with credits just so that the whole thing was after the credits. <laughs> Oh, gosh. But so would they be things like, I don't know, tips for the new skater or would they be someone really cool coming out and going, hey, don't do drugs? I don't oh, know. No, none don't of those. <laughs> <laughs> would it be people falling on their nuts a lot? A lot of nut shots, a lot of uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, slams, but a lot of like, you know, behind the scenes tour footage, uh, you know, somebody barfing because they're too drunk, you know, like a, sure. all that stuff that didn't make the main video. They would just pile it in after the credits. <laughs> Oh, yeah. that's kind of cool. I, I I did do a little bit of research. One of one of the best sort of Easter egg sort of like pranks is when they released the tenth anniversary of Fight Club, the the DVD. Don't talk about Fight Club. <laughs> yeah, I- 
Well, I'm going to talk about Fight Club. Oh, my God! Uh, the menu that pops up first is uh, the Drew Barrymore Never Been Kissed Oh, really? Movie. And then after a few seconds, it changes to the um, Fight Club. I wonder how many people took it menu. back and went, I've got the wrong <laughs> yes. thumb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, David Fincher actually contacted Drew Barrymore. I was like, are you okay if we, like, make this joke that people think that they've they've bought this movie? And mm. <laughs> she's like, yeah, fine, let's just go for it. Yeah, Fight Club. I didn't think I'd like that movie. Fight Club? Mm, I didn't think I'd like it because I don't like fighting, violent, you know, let's shoot but everybody. Yeah, anyway. But it's not that. About halfway through, I went, aha, this is not the movie yeah, I thought it was. It's supposed to be satire, better. but then there's a bunch of dude bros who are like, yeah, fucking fight. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's the bogans who just don't have the brains yeah. to work out that something's a little ironic. Uh, that's that's a character that I put on when I go to my weekly fight club. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah go Please on. don't hurt me. Please don't hurt me. <laughs> I, don't want, I don't know why I'm here. <laughs> Right, that would be me crying in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> I just came because I thought it was Disney Club. Oh. <laughs> well, there's like, remember, um, I think it's Aladdin or Lion King or something where they they have the words they had the word sex written in uh, in dust. Not in the clouds, really? I think. Yeah, yeah. Disney has a bunch of them where like animators keep trying to put in like dirty stuff. Well. How can, oh my God, how to ruin the Lion King? <laughs> they get found out immediately. And then all of a sudden, Disney like has to like fix up the movie and re release it. And yeah, it's crazy. Oh, really? Saucy buggers. I, I like re- that. I do remember that. Yeah. No, I don't. I took my kids to see those movies mm. Aladdin, I've seen a billion times, mm. and The Lion King, which is a ripoff of Kimber the White Lion. <laughs> but anyway, we'll of move course. on. Of course, you are. You always uh, champion the original and the best. Is that correct? Uh, well, uh, I champion Kimber the White Lion because it's the only uh, anime that I've ever seen <laughs> and liked. I think that there were underwater castles in the Little Mermaid, and it's the tor- the turrets, turrets, the yeah. the round part of the castle. Those those were penis shaped. Oh, oh, the turrets. Yeah, turrets. 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 It's a funny word, isn't it? For penis. For concrete penis. Penis is uh, is also a funny yeah. word. So There's an episode, uh, I think the second one of the new series of Doctor Who, and they've got a space station that's whirling around and it just looks like penises all joined together. <laughs> I was looking at it going, oh, my God, that is so phallic. <laughs> just penis heaven. Space wieners. That's right. I mean, in this episode we have an actual penis, you know. Mm. Sally sees an actual penis. She does, and it does not disconcert her at all. <laughs> well, you know, it mustn't be that, that impressive if no. she's like, whatever. Yeah, we kind of mentioned this, but the you talked about one of the cars was left running. at the. And when I heard that, the first thing I thought of some guy was just drinking, got out late at night to pee on the side of the road, was peeing through <laughs> yeah. the fence, and then this little <laughs> concrete hand like reached through and sent him back in time. <laughs> Right on his penis. <laughs> Could you imagine that? Uh, what are you doing? I don't know. I, I was just pissing and now I'm here <laughs> now I'm in 1920. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Do, uh, well, do you, like, if you were urinating, 
in present time, you get touched by the the weeping angel. Do you end up in 1920s still peeing? Mm. Well, I think you would you would have to, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. oh. I would I would think so. Well, there you go. That's interesting. Does the flow continue? Yeah. Would you Would you end up uh, in 1920s still drunk? Yes, you would. <laughs> well, you'd probably be throwing up because yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, at the police station, Sally mentions Wester Drumlins and is introduced to D.I. Billy Shipton, who is looking after the Wester Drumlins case. Multiple people have driven up to Wester Drumlins and disappeared, leaving their cars outside the house, which now sit empty under the police station. What I love about that scene is the cinematography, the mood mm. that it sets with the rain and the, the lighting, and it's... It's really good. Yeah. I really loved it. And you really get a sense and get an attachment to Billy Shipton really quickly. I Well, I did anyway. Yeah. You know, yes, he's, he's good looking, but you just get, <laughs> you get a sense of who he is, which is hard to do sometimes when you only have a character on the screen for a mm. short amount of time. And it, also in that scene too, uh, she looks out the front window of the police station and there's two angels on the church. Yeah. Right? Mm. So, so the angels have been released from the house somehow, and they're in a town with millions of people. They can just take millions yes. of people, but they're only there to get Sally. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's what Dave said to me. He said, uh, how did they get the TARDIS back to the house? Mm. And I said, oh, well, probably millimeter by millimeter. <laughs> Every time someone blinked, they went, what? Freeze. Hurt? Hurt? <laughs> really take you a while. Stop go, stop go, stop mm. go, stop go. It's the eternal game of green light, yellow light, red light, stop. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It'd be very annoying being an angel, wouldn't it? <laughs> Especially if you were trying to tell a long story to your mates. Imagine that. <laughs> stop looking at me. Don't, I need don't, to tell the don't story. Don't look at me. Oh, you dickhead. Now we're stuck. <laughs> because they do mention the angels feed off of the rest of your life and yeah, and here yeah. they are. They're they're in centered city, in town. Yeah, and there's people everywhere, and they're like, yeah. I, we just want Sally's blood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they want the key and the TARDIS, I guess. Yeah. Well, they could have they could have uh, you know had an hors d'oeuvre of like a hundred different people, <laughs> and then done did. Sally. But no, no, no. They're fully. They know where the TARDIS is now. So mm. like, okay, we'll come back and we'll visit this later. Yeah, that's true. Where they're going, you know, what we should do. <laughs> Shut up, Gladys. <laughs> You've always got stupid ideas. <laughs> That's how I think their conversations go. I, I assume go. the Weeping Angels don't have their own TV shows. No, no. Pretty boring. And the doctor does mention how fast they move. They move faster than yeah. anything you've ever seen. And uh, if they move so fast, they're always getting caught. Like, <laughs> like they're always frozen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're a great – I love the concept of them. They're a great idea for, for a baddie. And yeah. I know when we were in London, Dave and I were walking through a, an old cemetery and the amount of weeping angels that are on the um, – Gravestones. On the gravestones yeah. and on the family tombs and, and so yeah. forth were actually quite creepy, mm. really creepy. And the grass was really long. And we were walking through and I said to Dave, oh, come up, walk through that long grass. There'll be snakes. And then we went, ah, we're in the UK, no snakes. <laughs> yeah, I will say this episode has terrified me of all in inanimate objects. Like, <laughs> Yeah. And do uh, Doctor Who's uh, yeah, Who very good at that. They take something that's, that's normal and then they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, it can kill you. Oh, not Twinkies. 
Yes. <laughs> well, shadows. They did the library one. Yeah, they did the, the shadows library. Can shadows. Kill you. Yeah, delivery people. Oh yeah, yeah. Bloody hell. Everything. Everything will kill Condoms, you. Condoms. Yep. Kill you. <laughs> Especially that was, that was more of a like prop maggots, from back in yeah. the day. They weren't actual condoms. They were supposed to be, what, maggots or something? Well, they were. the maggots were condoms filled with some sort of liquid and they had to pin them down to get an aerial shot. <laughs> this was in the 70s. Amongst the vehicles is a blue police box, which I can't get into. Billy asks Sally out for a drink, telling her that life is short and you are hot. Mm-hmm. And she gives him her phone number. Oh, who wouldn't? Uh, I will say uh, for... Uh, you know, in 2021, both of the men meeting women in this episode don't really hold up well. It's a little cringy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little cringy watching it. Like I'm like, oh my god, that's how we. That's how they. That's how writers viewed men picking up women <laughs> in 2007. <laughs> yeah. It was a, it was a little bit. He is a little bit uh, sleazy, a bit too uh, yeah. confident. And then, of course, well, Larry just goes, "Well, here's my penis." <laughs> Off you go. But I mean, that, his that's one saving a, grace is he doesn't mean to do it. I think you know <laughs> that's not unusual in this day and age, is it? Now, normally, you just pop a photo up. <laughs> no, no, but the writers goes. also write Sally as like super cool with it all, like in a in a, yeah. a lower level garage, getting trapped by an officer. Uh, you know, aggressively yeah. asking her out for a drink instead of trying to find these missing people. He's like not even concerned. <laughs> yeah, and she is very well. There you go. She's what I call, I call grew up in the eighties woman. Oh yeah, they're all going to fondle me later, but we'll get over it and move <laughs> well, on. I think I think we're supposed to be okay with it because she's like, okay, you're hot as well. So. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. All these people are dead, but I'm going to get my dick wet. That's like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Should you be looking for them? <laughs> yeah, you know, I've got all these cars, you know, we could have taken them to an impound lot, but no, no, no. we'll just keep them in the basement of the, the police station. It's fine. Yeah, you know, it's, eh, things are busy. One of them was an Audi, so, you know, fucking take that for a ride every now and again. Well, you'd think the Audi owners would be, you know, missed at some point, wouldn't they? I'm sure they're all missed. Yeah, I know, but wouldn't rich people be missed more? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Whereas these people, Povo, nah, didn't miss them. <laughs> I don't know. They had a Tirana. Maybe, ah, maybe yeah. all it was was one rich person went missing and then the family hired a private investigator who also went missing. Yeah. So they hired another private investigator. <laughs> and it's just who multiple private missing. investigators. They're like, yeah, this guy went missing and all these 17 other cars are just fucking private investigators. <laughs> and then the family drive up and they went missing. <laughs> Well, that explains why the cop doesn't care. That's like the lowest rung on the uh, the law enforcement yeah. totem pole is private investigators. That makes sense now that the cop didn't <laughs> yeah, care at see, all about him. I like oh, that. I, I thought you were going to say the cop doesn't care because he's like, yeah, eat the rich. He's like, who gives a fuck? <laughs> what are you doing, Sally? <laughs> Everybody that went missing, their families turned up to see if they could find them and then they weren't missing and problem solved. Yeah. Because nobody's yeah. looking. He's probably like, hey, if you think the kidna- the people going missing is fucked up, let me tell you about the murder cases I do. Oh, it's fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> he makes the mistake of blinking and ends up in 1969 trying to, uh, although if you watch carefully, you can see the actor blink as he moves towards the angels. Also, to think that he'd go almost 30 seconds without blinking is a bit crazy. Well, that's true, but I've tried it. It is really hard yeah, yeah, not it is. It is. to blink. I, we tried it when we were in uh, in the cemetery in yeah. in West Bromley, going, <laughs> look, look, look. Oh, I blinked. 
It's really how hard. Long? Jeff, I'll ask you this first. How long do you think the record is for not blinking? Well, uh, four minutes, 15 seconds. Nakia? God, uh, one minute. Twelve. <laughs> I should I should preface this by saying the Guinness World Record doesn't have a record for longest stare ah! without blinking. Uh, probably because they're worried that people will hurt themselves trying to do it. Probably. Um, so yeah. So it's 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 only people who have self reported, but ap- apparently multiple people have been able to stare without blinking for over an hour. What? Yeah. Yeah. Bullshit. That'd dry your eyes out. <laughs> I mean, how much visine did they have to use <laughs> in their know. eyes? Maybe they got water bottles and they're like squirting into, into their <laughs> eyes. Lying there in bed. Are you sleeping? <laughs> yeah, but I can't close my eyes. <laughs> oh. yeah, what, what's the longest eyes open staring into a fan? That's like... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, like 10 seconds, yeah. <laughs> well, also, hard to not blink when you're scared, you know. If you're scared, your eyes will blink. Well, Larry says later on that he can't blink because he's too scared. Ah, he does too. But he thinks she lives in Scooby-Doo's house, so <laughs> what would that say? But for the officer, they're saying why it's 30 seconds between when he blinks, but he has no concept or knowledge of what these angels do. He wouldn't know to yeah. blink or not to blink. It was, so it was a weird yeah. scene, like, why is he just staring at the <laughs> And then they do a slow motion blink and he's gone. Yeah, yeah. But he doesn't know that. No, no, of course not. But, it, yeah, it, it, I mean, they, they do a pretty good job of filming the actors so that you don't see them blink in the shots mm. before they do the slow motion. But you're right. He would just be – he could just be blinking yeah. all the time, and, you know. He's like, holy crap, look at all these angels. Blink, 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 blink. <laughs> Shit, if you had a nervous tick, that's it, isn't it? You'd be gone. You'd be gone in a, in a second. That's the kryptonite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got all these people, like, yeah. ha- hanging yeah. out together in 1920s being like, fuck you too. Yeah, my blinks. <laughs> I've, got oh, a tw- I've got a nervous twitch as well. <laughs> Bloody hell. Kathy could start a whole friggin' uh, support group for the, the amount of people that they sent back in time. Uh, uh, I loved this bit because, I mean, I thought it was really sad that Billy was – taken but you get to see the doctor and martha and that was that was fun i liked that sally realizes that the yale lock key she has could work on the police box but when she returns to the police station uh billy is gone she receives a phone call and heads to the hospital where the elderly billy is lying in bed he tells her that life is long and you are hot mirroring their pre- previous conversation. I know. And uh, once again, I've watched this that many times, I still cry. Yeah, it is When sad. Billy's dying, I think it's, I don't know, re- it really does touch me, that that scene. Probably my favourite line in the whole episode came from that scene uh, where he says, uh, the day we met, it was raining, and she says, this is the same rain. And yeah. I, I loved yeah. that. That was like, that was one of the best parts of the whole the whole thing was just that line where he's been through he in the moment she's only gone a, a few minutes or you know, an hour and he's gone this 40 years or so it, just that realization that he remembered meeting her in the rain and she's like this is the rain we met in i was like oh that was so perfect yeah it yeah. is i think it's a, a beautiful you know little scene and mm. i do i do love that and it would be so weird to have lived a whole life and then come back to that last, yeah. to that same moment. Like, yeah, he, he thinks he's he thinks he's going to go on a date with Sally and then all of a sudden, like, yeah, 
like oh. literally 60 years has gone past or, you know, 50 years for, for him has gone past. And, you know, he meets the doctor. He knows he's going to die on the same day that, you know, he met Sally. And- I know. Yeah, the doctor's just a killjoy, isn't he? <laughs> Could have told him he had another week and, you know, let him think things yeah, were yeah. going to go well. Live out your life so that uh, you could save me. Yeah. Save yeah. me, Billy. But make sure you die on Saturday, okay? Die on Saturday. Um, Jeff, so that's the first time we see the Doctor and his companion, Martha. What did you think? I, was, I just went back to my notes. There was a line he says when they're sitting on the curb against the wall, and I, I, I don't have the notes in there. <laughs> the one thing that is in my notes is I forgot to comment on when they are in the house, all, you know, the angels cover their face except for one angel, Dabs. It like does the. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It, it, it has it covers its eyes with the elbows. And it's doing it's doing a dab. <laughs> it is ahead of its time. Yeah, this is probably pre dab. Yeah. So you know, well, they days. are they are creatures of uh, of all time. So yeah, and then when they unfreeze, they go. Well, Enid, what did you have to do that for? You know, we get the hands up. You're always trying to do something different. Yeah, I wish I knew. The, the doctor does say a great line um, when they're sitting. About hens, about his wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey device, and uh, it can boil an yeah, egg. Yeah, it, it, uh, it goes ding when there's stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the- it can boil an egg at 30 30- meters whether you want it to or not <laughs> yeah I, I can't remember i wish i would have wrote it down but there's that scene is another great scene where he's you're kind of getting more into what's happening you know yeah uh, you're, oh. you're getting a little more backstory to you know this is what happened this is what we got to do it's going to take some time to get there but he there's something that he says in there is a great line there's there's this, there's this great concept in doctor who uh basically going the long way around so the doctor usually goes uses his time machine to jump to a time and spa- time and place but but sometimes a character will have to take the long way around and that means they actually have to live out that time where the doctor would normally and and so they don't actually say that phrase in this episode i i thought i thought i remembered that they did but they don't but in later episodes they talk about oh you you're, you're gonna have to go the long way around and that yeah. basically means living your life as normal whereas the doctor is just gonna basically skip to that time be this it's gonna be minutes whereas for you it's gonna be years and years yeah so. it was the girl in the fireplace madam Pompadour. right Right. He, he said they that also do her. it for um for uh, Peter Capaldi and Clara and stuff like that. So. Yeah, and the other thing is that um, David Tennant's doctor, he always says sorry. Yeah. I love that about his character. Mm. I'm really sorry, but you're going to have to live out your life. Yeah. So I thought that was that was nice, and I like Martha, which is uh, just nod when he takes a breath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he does say um, he, he doesn't say sorry, but he says uh, you're not going to like it. Like, I need you to get her a message, but you're not going to like it. Or It's going to take a while to get there. Yeah. As we say, even 1969 would be mm. easier if you went back to there because you could probably work work out, you know, how to conduct yourself. But it would still be hard to just start again Yeah, with everything. I don't know. Well, And they don't have any documentation. There's no record of them existing because they don't exist yet. So they have to go and get new documentation and they, they can choose whatever name they want and they're like, you know, I'll just keep the same name. That'll be fine. Yeah, that's true. We went through a thing about, mm, it was a long time ago now, I suppose, where we all had to bring our birth certificates in to work and that was like 20 years ago. And if we didn't bring them in, I used to say, well, what are they going to do? You know, because it was, I was working in Toowoomba. I'd been born in a Toowoomba hospital. Mm. So I said, what are they going to do? Deport me to Toowoomba? I'm already here. <laughs> but we all had to bring in our birth certificates yeah. to prove we were who we said we were. And that was a, wow. a, that was a big change 
in, you know, how things had gone before, I guess. Maybe that was people just running around pretending to be you or Billy Smith or I don't know. That sounds so weird. That was a big thing. Everyone had to do it. Wow. Like Australia-wide, I think, (laughs) or just our work. It was probably just you. They wanted to know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, trust yeah, you, yeah. Nikia. Yeah. <laughs> are you sure you're who you say you are? You, you took in your birth certificate and you opened the door and it was just you with a moustache and you're yeah. like, yes, I'm the real Nikia. <laughs> Here's my birth certificate. Uh, is that on a post-it note? No, it's not. The birth certificate also has a moustache and that's yeah. how you know it's evil. Yeah. <laughs> Billy went into publishing, ending up in DVD publishing, and is the person who put the video on the DVDs. He tells Sally to look at the list of DVDs before passing away with Sally at his side. (laughs) Although Sally is still in the hospital and the bed's been cleaned away, so she just, what, stood there while they, like, (laughs) tried to resuscitate him. (laughs) You know, he died, he flatlined. He crapped himself, she stayed there. Packed his body and moved that away and then they redressed the bed Mm. and everything. Like, you just going to stand there? She's like, yeah, yeah, I'm just going to watch the rain if that's fine. I told him I'd stay till the very end. (laughs) I'm a woman of my word. <laughs> and they're giving him, like, the paddles and, like, yeah. shocking his body. And she's like, it's what he would have wanted. <laughs> Let him go. <laughs> Later, Sally realises the DVDs all have one thing in common. It's the list of 17 DVDs that Sally owns. I love the fact that Larry can't believe she only owns 17 DVDs. Yeah. yeah. You only own 17 DVDs? Three copies of Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> Well, look, she's better off only owning 17 DVDs because I never watch any of my billions of DVDs anymore, so... Mine are all in storage. I wish I'd only had 17. I mean, imagine the logistics and the expense of acquiring those 17 movies. Like, just to... (laughs) (laughs) You got, like, imagine now, like, say you wanted to own one movie. Like, I want the rights to that one. The expense of that is insane, and somehow we've been able to acquire the rights to 17 movies. <laughs> yeah, or did or did they just yeah, think, pop them on illegally? No, I th- I think that Billy stuck on the extra without telling anyone. Ooh. So even the because they say that even the people who produce the movies don't even know about these extras. Mm-hmm. So Billy, but basically the the production companies could take Billy to court and be like, "What the fuck is this thing you've put on our DVD?" Yeah, so Billy's in the back room going, <laughs> "That's why he had to die." He's <laughs> like, "Ah, uh, I regret nothing, boy." <laughs> it wasn't me, Your Honor. Get out of here. But I think if they went to Billy and said, listen, you did this with the DVDs, he'd go, well, what about the 55,000 people who are missing from West of Bromley? These guys are out there. I'm like, oh, we don't talk about them. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll I'll explain to you exactly why I I put that video on the DVD. All you have to do is meet me at West of (laughs) Bromley and I will will tell you all about it. Yeah. See you in 1920, bitch. Bye. I mean, sure, I've given you the entire plot of – the missing people on the DVDs is the doctor tells them like they're coming for you right now. <laughs> like, like, how yeah. did you know about that? <laughs> There's one part where we hadn't seen it before where he's kind of telling them a whole lot. Yeah. So why these people on the internet have been going, Ooh, what's he talking about? Hey, listen to that speech. Don't it's the whole blink. bloody story. <laughs> they quantum locked. <laughs> they do this. They got that. Yeah. Blah, you could have solved, solved the whole yeah. case. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm sitting there thinking, 
if this was on it, <laughs> what the hell are these people doing? Right, there are these statues, right? They're mm. called weeping angels. He pretty much says that. And Sally calls it a weeping angel at the start. So, that, like, they already know that they're called weeping angels. Yeah. So, like, just say, oh, weeping angels, don't blink, blah, blah, blah. Okay, good. Yeah. Let's get the guy who can keep his eyes open for an hour, keep him around at all times. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Anyway, I just think if they've spent a couple of years trying to work it out, then <laughs> dumb asses. Uh, Larry plays the DVD Easter egg from the beginning and Sally has a conversation with the doctor. He knows what she's going to say thanks to Larry, who transcribes her part of the conversation. Martha works in a little shop and supports the doctor in 1969. I love that. I love that when she says, he promised me all of time and space and now I've got to work in a shop to support him. <laughs> He's so useless. <laughs> uh, the doctor's transcript runs out and the weeping angels attack. Whilst Larry keeps watch, Sally tries to find a way out, but the, the angels have locked them in. She finds a door down into the cellar and Larry rushes down to her. There that minute find the where, where Larry's, you just know he's going to look away. Yeah. The first time I watched that and he looks and it comes back in the teeth and it's yeah. right in his face, <laughs> I, first time I jumped and I even jumped again watching it, even knowing it was coming. Mm. It, it's the only episode of Doctor Who I've ever seen in my whole life that really did get my heart racing. Just I love that, the teeth, and they're yeah, right there in his face. And, and you know, we, we, were, we were talking to uh, Anne and, and Sam in the last uh, episode and, and, and Anne was, was talking about how, some episodes of the new series are genuinely scary and she mm. was worried about showing them to her young child, you know. Mm. I've, I've, I've never found, I watched, started watching as a little little mm. kid, so I don't remember ever being scared. Sure. So, Jeff, there's a, a big thing in the UK and in Australia that there a lot of kids were terrified of Doctor Who. So the music would come on and they'd run screaming out of the room, my husband being one of them, and I could never understand that because as soon as the music came on, I was like, yeah, adventure, <laughs> we'll go. But this one did. It did make me jump a few times. Yeah. It's good, good episode. Yeah, the, the second cut especially uh, where it's the close-up, but the, that whole scene, is Larry his name? Is that his name? Yeah, yeah, Larry. Yeah, his face is turning before, like, he's trying to keep eye contact, but he wants out of that room so bad. Oh, yeah. Like, by, by the time the face is in his face, he's, like, at, he's at, like, 45 degrees turned, like, trying to get out of the room in any way possible. <laughs> it, he really, it's really, I mean, you feel the tension. I, I love that. That's a few tense moments because I wouldn't want to be Larry being in charge staring at the bloody angel. Yeah. I'd want to be Sally running around trying to open doors. Well, there's, there's a bit where he turns his head, like, really quickly to see if Sally's behind him. Mm. And I'd be like, if I was him, in that split second when I turned my head, I'd be blinking, like, a million times and be like, <laughs> okay, got to get them all out. All right, back. Okay, I've done all my blinking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah if you're going to look away, get your blink yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. You wouldn't want to look away and still not blink and then turn back and be like, oh, fuck, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still on the clock. Damn it. I should have blinked. The angels try to turn off the lights, although I don't know why they would have the light on in the first place. Surely you just keep the light off and then nobody, none of the angels could see each other and they could just walk around, do stuff, you know. Yeah, I don't know. Did Sally and, and Larry turn the light on? Oh, maybe. I mean, they could have, I guess. 
But you think they would have turned it off a bit earlier, yeah. the angels. I think when she looks down the step that the light is on. Yeah, mm. it looks like it's already on. So. Yeah. But I do like that. They're trying to get in. You just know the keys. You can't get the key in. <laughs> they're coming in. You think, oh, my God, they're going to go. Sally Good and tension. Larry rush into the TARDIS where a recording of the Doctor tells them they have an authorised control disc valid for one journey, the DVD that Larry is still carrying. That means that anyone who owns any of the 17 DVDs that Sally also owns has a control disc for the TARDIS. That's very true. That's very true. Yes, they do. But maybe now the Doctor will go back in time and get rid of all of the ones except for that one. Maybe. You know, I mean, it's wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey, Adam. <laughs> okay. Stop yeah. being a Surprisingly, nip- this a show is not, nerd. Is, is not meant to hold up to the rigours of me, you mm. know, like analysing every single second. You with your nerd hat on. <laughs> but he would also know which, in the future, he'll know which DVD was used and you could make the code for the other 16 inactive if you were mm. a smart Yeah. <laughs> and he's very smart. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I, I, I Thank have you faith so in the doctor. Thank you. Oh, only one episode and you've got faith in the doctor? Amazing. Yeah, that's we it. made I you like a already. Hey, he's a good guy. <laughs> they pop in the DVD and the TARDIS disappears, leaving Sally and Larry with the weeping angels. But it's all right. The doctor has tricked the angels into staring at each other, meaning they can never move again. This is the one thing that bothered me. Yeah. When they yes. stand up, aren't they blocking yeah, the yeah, angels' yeah. That, view that from each me other? Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had a problem with that. I was like, stop standing in their vision. Like, yeah. move. Get down, get down. That's in my notes right there. I was like, wait a second. As soon as he stands up, they're because they're not they're not blocked like you think across. They're kind of two of them are like side to by on the sides yeah. facing each yeah. other. And then the other two are I, I don't think the math even works out in, in their positioning. Yeah, it, it has to it has to be like the peripheral vision because yeah, there's two angels who are looking at each other and then the other two angels are just both staring at those two angels. So technically <laughs> yeah. if you need to stare directly at them, those two angels aren't being stared at. So what if now, what if? Okay, sure. What if weeping angels have very, very wide peripheral vision? Sure, like they have eyes in the back of their head. Pretty much, pretty much, and they need that because they've got to get to people pretty quickly. Tap them on the shoulder, send them off into time. So they can't have shitty eyes, can they? They've got to have good vision. This is what you don't know. You do not know the physiology of a weeping angel or their ocular capacity. But then but then they would constantly be staring at each other and, like, dying all the time. Well, sometimes they can turn it off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you don't know what these what these beings look like. You just know that when they're seen, they turn to stone. So yeah. their actual physical makeup or whatever they are, even when they are stone, they, they can probably still – they're quantum beings. They exist and they don't exist. <laughs> So they should be able to see all things, everything. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's probably too much of an explanation. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I like it. I'll take it. Maybe when I'll someone's not looking at them, they have like a hundred eyes all over their body. And then as soon as someone sees them, they it all gets covered up by stone. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe they're like octopuses until someone looks at them and then they turn into angels. An octopi. Octopi. I, octopi. Like cacti. A year later, presumably after the investigation into Kathy and Billy's disappear ha- disappearance have died down, uh, Sally and Larry own the DVD shop now called Sparrow and Nightingale. Oh. How sweet. But Sally's still troubled. 
Sally hasn't been able to let the Weeping Angels go. She doesn't know when the Doctor gets all his information. While Harry, la- while Larry heads out for milk, Sally sees the Doctor and Martha through the shop window and pieces it together. The Doctor gets all the info from her. I love that, how it ends. I love that. Yeah. I think that's just so cool. Yeah, and, and so the Doctor and Martha are on an adventure that we never see. Like, that's a... That's not from an ep- – I mean, it, it would be amazing if that was from an actual episode. Yeah, Four Things in a Lizard Yeah, and the yeah, Red but, Hatching. Well, just just that sec- sec- section where they meet, uh, mm. you know, Sally. But, mm. yeah, it's just a random, like, you know, they they basically the Doctor has adventures that we never see. Is that Does that happen throughout? Because I was wondering that too. Does this does that timeline come back into play somewhere else? Or does, is that a thing that happens often on the show? No. Yeah, so we don't know what that adventure was, but there'll sometimes be something, particularly in what we call these are the Doctor Light episodes, there'll be some. you'll see the Doctor, he's doing something, but you don't yeah. really know what the adventure is. You don't go on it with him. But I love the fact that Sally can then let it go and then she and Larry can be loved up. Yes. <laughs> Sally gives them the information they'll need later on. She holds Larry's hand, insinuating that there might be more to their relationship and giving schlubby guys like me false hope that they have a chance with someone as hot as Carrie Mulligan instead of her ending up with a super cool and similarly hot Billy Shipton. Well, you know. Unrealistic expectations. That's not true. <laughs> She's seen his penis. I mean, you know. <laughs> okay, well, sure. Once you see a penis, that's you really, it. You really don't want to lead with the message, as soon as she sees your penis, she will fall in love with you. Well, isn't that isn't that what they think nowadays when they send their dick pic? She'll love me when she sees this. Oh, she met you for two seconds out the back. Right. Uh, we are left with the notice that any statue anywhere could be a murderous weeping angel and told not to blink as the credits roll. Loved it. <laughs> And that's Blink. Is there anything else anyone would like to mention about Blink before we give it a score? No, I mentioned the dabbing angel. That's a, that's a, <laughs> that's the peak. Yeah. What if that was a time traveling uh, weeping angel from the future that ah. knew about twenty eighteen and came back and dabbed in the 07 episode? There's a weeping angel that does planking, and it's just from that very specific <laughs> couple of months where that was a thing. <laughs> yeah, and the other angels hate them. Oh, you're so showy. You've got a dab. <laughs> There's one angel frozen in an ice bucket challenge. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What are you doing? Yeah. Millicent, stop it. As we do, we like to give the episode a score out of five, one being the worst, five being the best. Nakia, would you like to go first? This is so easy. In mm. fact, the last two the before this, the two-parter, yep. are the same score. These three episodes are three of my very favourite ever. Yeah. It's a five out of five. I love it. Yeah, I'm going to do the same. Five. Yeah, it's mm. it's been a, a good run. It's been a good run. Yeah, I was going to give it a five as well. I love everything about this episode. Uh, you know, I know I like it and then I watch it again and I, I just love the use of time travel and I love the way things are set. Kerry Mulligan is amazing. The script is amazing. It has so many good lines. So, yeah. It's oh, I love Kerry Mulligan. I have a non-sexual crush on her. <laughs> I have a very much sexual crush oh, on okay. her. Okay. <laughs> and I love the wrap-up that she's the one who yeah. gave him the info that saves in her past I just fabulous yeah we've had a great run mm. waiting for it to go downhill <laughs> pretty sure it's about to happen anywho uh, and Jeff what out of five what would you give this episode well it's hard for me to give a, a fair score mm-hmm. yeah. because I haven't seen any other episodes so if I go five 
I can't uh, I can't go. I don't know if there's a better episode. So because I'm a, a rookie uh, and this is my first episode, I, I have to go four, okay. which will give me a, an authentic score. I have a range now if something's better or worse. So that means all my future Doctor Who scores will be three points something if this is truly <laughs> one of the best episodes. And that's yeah. going to skew. That's going to skew your numbers all through history. Well, listen, don't feel bad about it. It's just if, <laughs> if you think this is a four, well, hold on to your hat. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, I think it's absolutely excellent. Oh, that's awesome! That's great. Now, Jeff, I've got, I've got a question for you. So, the Doctor is a Time Lord. Um, he's from Gallifrey. His race is Time Lord. Did you say he's a racist Time Lord? No, <laughs> no. I don't think he's a racist. I have uh, There was there was a time traveling racist in one episode, but uh, it's not it's not for many seasons. No, no. Okay. No, that's his race. He's okay. called a Time Lord, uh, and he gave himself the name the Doctor. That's not his real name. He gave himself that name to illustrate. His, uh, his goals and who he is. So to do no harm, to help, to show courage and so forth. So what we do here is we ask everybody, if you were a Time Lord, what would your Time Lord name be? You would be the something. What is the term or the phrase, uh, the term that you think or the phrase sums up who you are or who you aim to be? So Adam's Time Lord name is? Yeah, uh, the nerd, in case it hasn't been glaringly obvious. Because he just picks and picks and picks at things. (laughs) Uh, Mine was given to me by my family. I'm the commander or the commander. Uh, My husband asks lots and lots and lots of useless questions, so we call him the inquisitor. So to think about that, what do you, what would you have as your Time Lord name? I mean, so many things describe me. There's like Swedish fish, farts. You know, Swedish uh, fish. <laughs> is that is that because you eat eat Swedish fish, yeah, or, or because Swedish you're fish. you're because you're an acquired taste? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, the, yes. <laughs> I, I'm assuming you're referring to the the rotting Swedish fish that uh, that people eat. Is that correct? The little the little candies. Yes. Oh the, the no. Little... Okay. We're talking about we're talking about different things. <laughs> yeah. You're talking of that the the fish that's a, that's. Uh, pickled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they no, were... I'm talking the, those delicious red little candy fish. Ah, okay, um, radio. Yeah, that's that's much better. <laughs> apparently, that, that joke doesn't travel the Dateline. Apparently, uh, <laughs> yeah, I didn't know what a Swedish fish was. I know what, I know what a Swedish chef is. It might be it might be Finnish uh, 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 Finnish fish, but any yeah, there's a, there's a like a rotting corpse, a rotting fish. a rotting fish basically that uh, Swedish people eat, and uh, they were talking about it on. QI the other day. So. Yeah, reach to your own, I suppose. Yeah. Like, I, like I'm 45 now. I'm, I just turned 45, and I'm realizing that, you know, as you get, become an older male, how invisible you are to younger women. Is that is that like a, <laughs> is there a word for that? Like, they don't even see me anymore. Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're the invisible man. I like the invisible yeah. man. So, yeah. <laughs> so when we go on an adventure and uh, we jump out of the TARDIS, there's the nerd, there's the commander, uh, and there's the invisible man. What do you bring to our adventure as we're going through? Well, it depends if people notice him or not. No, well, no one did. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, I, I'm able to get in and out of any situation because nobody even knows where I'm at. I'm very sneaky. <laughs> And it's not that I'm good at being sneaky. It's just that people don't care about me anymore. (laughs) 
All right, the invisible man. I like it. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Jeff. It's been a pleasure having you. Oh, thank you so much. This was a blast. Uh, I, I actually I watched the episode twice. I watched it once with my daughter. Uh, just today, and we, uh, I really enjoyed it. I'm glad you introduced it to me. Oh, that's so yeah, cool. Yeah, what did your daughter think? Yeah. She did not like it. Oh, it? no. <laughs> it was a little scary for her. Yeah. Oh, how old is she? <laughs> 15. Oh, okay, right here. Uh, I thought you were going to say like eight or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, she was on the couch sick in the... And she was, I think she just kept looking up every time like, oh, sure. a fang oh, yeah. angel would stare at the screen. <laughs> yeah, and the angels are scary. Right? Yeah, they are They are the scariest monsters, so, you know, there's no, you there's no issue with being afraid of them. Yeah, the Daleks <laughs> aren't scary, they're annoying, but yeah, <laughs> anyway. Anything you, you'd like to plug? Obviously, you've got the Stuff I Never Knew podcast. Where, where can people find that? Well, you can find it everywhere your podcast. I re- left, uh, I recorded. Released is the word I'm looking for. A derba derba derba. <laughs> I released episode uh, 100 and I just stopped. So wow. if you ever, if you want 100 episodes, they're all there. I left them up. They're archived. Oh, uh, wow. There could be future episodes. I'm working on uh, live entertainment and I'm working on a live venue. I have a, I built a ticketing system so that I my goal is to do both live and virtual shows simultaneously. So I've I've been able to build that part out. And now I'm looking for spaces, and you're going to see some new things coming from me, including the Stuff I Never Knew Trivia Game Show podcast. We'll be back, cool. but it's going to be a live in a studio audience environment. Oh, so, awesome. Uh, that was be that. Fun. so cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it. It's like a five-year project uh, all coming. <laughs> coming yeah. It's all coming together now. I'm even legally a business. <laughs> Ooh, fancy. Well done. Well done. Yeah, I can't, I, I got my. It's gotten to the point where I can't just say it's a hobby anymore. <laughs> uh, so, which is a good problem to have. So I can well, now pay yeah. taxes. We're we're yeah. not a business yet. So if someone wants to get in and usurp us and take our business name, go for it. <laughs> no, <laughs> we had our hundredth episode and we did it drunk. Yeah, yeah, so we did a drunk episode. We told everyone we'd do it and we did. And I don't want to do it now for another hundred yeah. episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think that one was just for us. Mm, mm, I think so. I did enjoy it. Are you the first one that said you don't want to do it again uh, with Adam? (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to do it with Adam. No, I'm sure that I'm sure multiple guests have gone into Kia. Um, Can you just make sure he doesn't invite me back? No, I want to do the drunk one with Adam because he got way drunker than anyone yeah, else. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I think I drank three times more drinks than anyone else did. <laughs> uh, and I was drunk enough. You can catch the hosts on Facebook at Nakia Shoot Comedy and Adam O'Sullivan Comedian. D4WH is on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and YouTube. The podcast is available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher and many more. Nakia also hosts Neighbourhood Watching with Beck and Nick looking at the weird and wacky neighbours just over the back fence, available where all podcasts are. Adam regularly works with Big Fork Theatre in Brisbane. You can find him in some of the online shows on the Big Fork YouTube channel and also has sketches in the Get It In Ya podcast. If you enjoy D4WH, please consider jumping onto our Patreon and donating. We release episodes early and for as little as $5 a month, We release mini episodes in between our normal episodes. D4WH is part of the Nerd Infinite, which can be found at thenerdinfinite.com. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Until next time, keep searching the skies for the Doctor. Goodbye. Goodbye. This has been a production of the The Nerd Nerd Infinite. Infinite. And then the sound of dragons spitting fire and stuff. What? Why are you looking at me like that?